Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you've been and who you become, and that's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorner, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you do your life even better. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's get started. everybody and welcome to this episode of the Do Life Better podcast and of course I hope you're creating a great day for yourself. Now you probably noticed that the intro was a little bit different today. Yes, that was me doing it. Now firstly, if you would like to be a guest voiceover person for us here at the Do Life Better podcast, this is something that we're trying out for a bit of fun. If you want to be a guest voiceover person, please do drop us a line. Let us know at the Do Life Better podcast. Um, and now the real reason why the intro was different is we have some news for you. Um, the original co-host with me, Jared, uh, he has decided to go back and pursue his love of teaching. Now, of course, yes, it is a sad time for us here at the podcast and at Project Hatch. Um, it was sad to say goodbye, but we do know that he will be making a tremendous difference in the school where he will be starting uh, this week, in fact. Um Again, it's a loss for us, but it will be a gain for them. So, Jared, we know that you're listening, and we thank you very much for what you brought to our team at the Do Life Better podcast and, of course, in Project Hatch and the work that we're doing with schools. Now, what does this mean for us at the Do Life Better podcast? Well, we will have a slightly new look and feel as we move forward. One of them being, and so that you don't get bored of listening to me all the time, is that we will be having a whole bunch of interviews coming up. And we've got a lot lined up soon, so a whole bunch of interviews coming up. And in fact, the first one is today's episode. Now, before we jump into it, I do need to let you know that the audio didn't come out quite as I was hoping. It does cut out really briefly every, every now and then, but I do know that if you stick to it, you will get a whole bunch of really, really helpful tips for you, particularly for the start of the year, going back to work, starting school again, a whole bunch of really helpful tips for you. So please do stick with it. Now, I am really excited again about this interview. It is with Sharon Richards, who has a genuine passion for overall workplace well-being. She's a founder and director of Concept Rehab, which is one of regional New South Wales leading injury management specialists. She delivers a happy body at work program as a way to improve energy, resilience and performance for companies such as ABC Commercial, Optus, Commonwealth Bank Australia, Sydney University and more. She's a highly sought after speaker and has presented at the National Workplace Health Conference and at the National Positive Schools Conference. Also, in 2015, she volunteered in Tanzania as part of a medical team performing medical checks to over 1,800 children. So, please enjoy this chat with Sharon Richens. Hi, Sharon, and thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Do Life Better podcast. Thanks, Dave. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise. Now, I must admit, um, I am quite excited about our chat today because since we first spoke the other day, I have started to be really conscious about some of the things we spoke about and started to make some changes and has been having some great outcomes. In fact, I have to tell um, you that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing today's podcast standing up. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. I try to generally, but today I've had to go somewhere else. There's too much noise at home in my home studio. So I've had to go somewhere else and make sure that I am staying up because I know that well being and and movement and um, 
the way that affects the mood and everything is is a passion for you and 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 uh, well being the workplace and productivity and so on and really excited too because today's episode I think is really timely for you know, a lot of people staying back at school or getting settled back into work and so on and mm-hmm. I know that a lot of the tips you have to bring to this conversation can be very helpful for lots of people so thank you. And before, though, before we get into all that, um, I noticed that you were over in Tanzania in 2015 uh, volunteering over there in um, helping lots of children uh, in different ways. Would you like to – I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, Dave, it was uh, fantastic. I was really fortunate to go to the School of St Jude's, which is in uh, Tanzania Mm -hmm. uh, in Aruba. And that was in 2015. And there's the there's an incredible school um, over there called the School of St Jude's, and it's actually was founded by the most amazing, wonderful Australian woman who's actually um, a bit of a role model of mine. Her okay. name is Gemma. Garcia. Mm-hmm. She she grew up in Gleninus in New South Wales in a country oh, wow. town from where I grew up in Tamworth, and I originally saw her many years ago, probably eight years ago on Australian Story on the ABC and, and then I also read a book and I've, I've basically been stalking her ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's an incredible woman who basically went travelling uh, through Africa in her early 20s. Uh, she fell in love with a, a man from uh, Tanzania. They ended up marrying oh, and wow. she was a teacher. Um, here in Australia and she uh, became very passionate about the poor educational standards of students in uh, Arusha. Mm-hmm. And so she set up and founded a school uh, for the poorest uh, student, poorest people, poorest families um, in, in Arusha. And mm-hmm. the school started off, I think, about 12 years ago uh, with three students and they now have um, the full complement from kindergarten to year 12 and there's 1800 students at the school um That's huge. totally non-for-profit and wow. uh it's incredible yeah. so I, was very, I went as part of a medical team so uh there's a wonderful um couple of doctors from australia who started going over there okay. about six years ago and uh, i went with a team of doctors uh, so gps physiotherapists um, and then various other specialists who who test uh, vision and and general health and yeah we did medical screenings on all of the students so with the idea of trying to improve the the basic health and nutrition mm. um, of the kids yeah excellent what was it like being there oh so different yeah <laughs> incredibly different in in so many ways I mean I think one thing that just really stuck out to me is just mm-hmm. how incredibly privileged we are you know we take great education and we take good outcome good health for granted and I think one of the things that really struck me was um it's a really tough world when you have a disability in a in a third world country Mm. um I worked very closely uh with a girl that had cerebral palsy um and you know to be to be to be poor is one thing and to be poor and um, not have access to good schools is another thing, but to also yeah, and have a disability is just another whole level of disadvantage that we really have no concept of. And, um, yeah, that was a real privilege of um, my career really as a physio um, to be able to work with um, the children over there. Mm. Well, wow. So then what was it like coming back then, coming back oh. into your everyday <laughs> life with that huge experience? What was that like? It, it was, yeah, it was hard. In fact, I have um, two children. Uh, they're 15. I have twin girls. And, and I remember when I came back and 
you know, I was on a little bit of a bent, obviously, about how privileged they were and how lucky we are. And I remember one of them saying to me, oh, here we go, mum. Here we go with your yes in Tanzania. <laughs> but I think it is. It really, it, it's an experience that honestly changes the way that you view your own life forever, mm. I think, when you, when you go to somewhere like that. Yeah, I feel like I left a bit of myself over there. If I could, I know that sounds corny, but um, I, yeah, I can't so wait. What do you to mean? Be. What do you mean? Um, I just think it had a really big impact on on yeah. how I view things and and um, you know I've always tried to I think be someone who's very grateful and be very optimistic about um, the choices that we have and how we choose to to live our life. But I, I impact on on me in that way. Mm. Oh well. Wow. So what was it like then coming back? into your everyday work. I know that now you do some work um, at ABC Commercial and a whole lot of other national companies and one of the things that, that you do is happy at work, uh, deliver yes. that program. And So your time over in Tanzania, has that influenced the work that you do now with professionals in the workplace and so on? I guess I'm just really passionate about trying to help people improve their, their everyday health mm-hmm. and, and really understand the connection between how they're their mind and their body is connected for their overall well-being. You know, that that's what I'm really passionate about, helping people understand and breaking that down into really simple, practical ideas or practical things that, that you know, that you could implement in, in your everyday life to, to make changes um, to how you feel. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we're really big on here about you create what comes next. Mm. Um, if I don't feel great, then there's a whole bunch of different things I can do to to help um, how I'm going to be whenever I turn up to where I'm going next or to help my mood right now. Some really simple things that we can do. And I know that you're quite passionate about the same area. Yes. And um, yeah, so tell us some more, please. What are some of those things that we can do or, or first, I suppose, what are the effects um, of not doing enough? Because I know that you're um, passionate and done a lot of work on the idea of movement and not enough movement and sitting too much and that type of thing. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I guess what we're really understanding from a well-being perspective is, is Dave, is that we're really kind of living in this world where we're just sitting so much more than what we used to. Mm-hmm. We look at our um, the way that people work, um, so much work these days um, is done involving technology, which is, you know, fantastic and we're working probably faster and more efficient than we've ever worked before. We have access mm. to information like we've never had before. Mm. However, the consequence of that is that we're spending a lot of time sitting on our bums <laughs> and a lot yep. of time in our heads uh, yes. to what we used to. And if we look at, you know, that's in the school environment, in the education sector, as well as in the work mm-hmm. environment. And then if we if we also look at how we live our life at home compared to how we lived even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's changed enormously because so much of what we do at, in the home space is also around technology, iPads, mm-hmm. computers, TVs. Um, you know, I, I laugh and, and I don't want to sound like a really old person, but my <laughs> partner, Kel, you know, he talks about he was one of four boys and he grew up in a country town and you know, he talks about when he came home from school, his mum would say to him, off you go out of the house and come home when the street lights are on. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. You know, they Different were, times they now. were on motorbikes, they were on skateboards, they yeah. were exploring, they were climbing trees, they were 
Mm-hmm. They were physical, you know, physical boys, young, you know, teenagers, physical young men. Mm-hmm. You look at how a lot of people now are choosing to spend their leisure time, it's computer-based. It might be playing computer games. It might be um, looking up information on the internet. It might be, um, you know, channel surfing. There's so mm-hmm. much our time um, is spent actually sedentary in our in our work life and our our personal life so the big thing about that is that we're now understanding having coming out of these years and years and years where the way that we live our life is changing we're now understanding mm-hmm. that that has an unfortunately that has a really negative impact on our health and our and our well-being and um, that's that's a connection that I really try and help people understand is that we've become very busy in our minds, but our bodies aren't being aren't moving as much as and we and our bodies are designed to move to get the most to get the best out of your mind. Mm. You need to use your body. You need you, you need to move your body. Um, but a lot of us have have lost touch with that. A lot of people have lost touch with that that and they're disconnected, you know, between their mind and their body because they spend so much time in in their heads intellectually. Absolutely. So what happens then? What happens if we don't get enough movement, if we stay still for too long? What's the outcome of that? Well, on a on a really, you know, kind of big level, um, what the research is showing is that um if we are sitting for a cumulative time, so what I mean by cumulative mm-hmm. is that, you know, if you look at how much do you sit in the morning, how much do you sit when you're at work or when you're at school, mm-hmm. how much do you sit when you come home from work or you come home in the evening? So if you add up mm-hmm. all of that, <laughs> it's not easy to get to around about the 10 to 11 hours a day minimum for most people. And some people are even sedentary mm-hmm. for 15, 16 hours a day. But what the research oh, wow. shows is that if we are sitting for around 11 hours a day, that that's a really critical time, critical point in terms of increasing our risk factors for the development okay. of cancer, cancer rates, really? diabetes, um, heart disease, and obesity. So only 11 hours. Once you go past that, that's the critical yeah. zone. So if you do that year after year, yeah. and, and the research shows that the risk factors for all of that builds, you know, over as, as your exposure to that type of sitting time over a couple of years, that can really impact your health outcomes as an adult. So that, that's one factor. That's one big thing. <laughs> it would be very easy to get the 11 hours, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Very easy. So you think of most people in a, in a, in a job that, that is computer-based, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I say to people. It's not, it's not hard to get to that because if you're at work or at school for somewhere between six or eight hours, you sit mm. for an hour or so maybe having brekkie or of a morning then you add in for you know for people that live um, in the cities they've got commute time to and from mm-hmm. you might be sitting on a train or a bus or you might be driving in a car and then you watch your favorite tv show at night <laughs> mm. for an hour or two hours or three hours or, or maybe more it's not it's really easy to get to that you know wow yeah, that's scary so what was the other main outcome? So the other thing that we know is that there's a big connection between that if you're sitting a lot and not using your body, that you don't sleep mm-hmm. as well at night. Um, and and yeah, we're only yeah, really sort of starting to, you know, t- t- we understand now that, that, that there's a very strong connection between those two things as well. 
That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for me now because like even just over the holidays when I'd spend a good chunk of the day sitting or lying on the couch watching some sport yeah. or movies or something and I'm thinking – I'm going to have a self-care day today. I'm going to just sit on the couch and not move much at all and just rest and then hopefully sleep really well tonight. I could never figure out why aren't I sleeping well the night after that. But now that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. wasn't doing myself any favors really then. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So by me sitting on the couch all day, I wasn't even helping myself. I was actually making it yeah. worse. Yeah, and, and it becomes this vicious cycle that people yeah. don't even understand that they're in and it's not their fault by any stretch. It's just not not understanding how those things are linked together so typically what happens is if that you're if you're sitting a lot at work or you know with school and you're quite sedentary you're studying you're working big hours all those sorts of things you come home you're tired you pooped (laughs) you you know you you sit on the couch like a banana you might have your dinner on the couch or whatever typically people fall asleep because they're tired and they're buggered from you know the, the fast pace of their working day at work mentally Mm -hmm. tired and then you don't sleep as well at night so you wake up in the morning and you're tired before you even start your day and don't feel Mm. like moving (laughs) but it's actually counterintuitive because if we just moved a little bit more we sleep just a little bit better and if we sleep just a little bit better we feel like moving a little bit more and we manage stress better so it's all it's all yeah. interrelated you know if we if we move just that little bit more and and you know in talking about movement i think this is a really important thing to talk about is that we all know the, you know well, you know the importance of regular exercise and and some people are very into you know having a regular exercise routine but you know an exercise routine may not may not speak to everyone some people don't like exercising they might not they might detest going to a gym or they might not that's okay but it's about then how do you build some incidental what we would call incidental exercise into your day so that you get movement Mm -hmm. during during your day Nice one. So when we were uh, doing lots of work in our office and so on we had this rule um, that after Anywhere between 50 minutes and an hour 20, we'd have to get up and walk around the block. And before I even started doing that, it took me a lot of convincing myself because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going to be taking like 10 minutes out of my work day to actually yeah. do this. But it actually had great impact afterwards. I, I never even again realized that it would help me sleep even better that night. Yes. I never made that connection, but it makes a lot of sense now. And so what I love about that incidental movement that you're talking about is it helps you sleep but also helps you right here and yes, right now. Yes, and because what it does do is it actually improves your ability to concentrate. So, for example, if you are working in an office or, you you know, you're a student, um, actually, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that we, one of our really practical tips that um, I like to help people with is the concept of, lunch light and air at lunchtime so just getting outside for five minutes and a really brisk Mm. walk at five minutes really sets you up for a better concentration of an afternoon because typically for people that sit a lot it's that three o'clock in the afternoon when you think oh that's when i reach for the lolly jar or (laughs) (laughs) or the coffee or energy drink or whatever yeah yeah and and so it becomes because what what has happened, what has crept up on us is that habitually, so our habits and our culture is that when we're feeling 
a lack of energy, we we typically grab mm. for coffee, chocolate, mm. or sugar, or or something like that to give us a bit of an energy. But you know, you hear it all the time. People don't. You're like, oh my god, I need a cup of coffee. I can't. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not yep. saying by any stretch, you know, don't think I'm some person that only drinks green smoothies and never drink, you know, it's not about that. It, it's actually just about having awareness, building your awareness around when are you use, are I, am I using those things like energy drinks, coffee, sugar, to my energy? Because what, mm. you, what your brain's actually telling you is I want you to move. I want you to stand up. So if you if you were to stand up when you're feeling like that slump at three o'clock in the afternoon, go for a five minute brisk walk out the front of your workplace, or you walk quickly home from school, or you, you know, go for a quick walk around the block, or you stand up and 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 push up 10, 15 times quickly on your toes, that boost all the blood yeah. to your brain and wake you back up again. And then those cravings go away. Um, because it becomes a vicious cycle is that when you're tired and your energy's flat, you tend to to mm-hmm. use other things as a crutch and then you don't sleep as well at night <laughs> because you're winding right. yourself up all, all day on coffee and energy drinks and sugar to try and keep your energy up, but you, you're, not burn, you're not physically moving your body. Does that, does that make sense? So it's all oh, interconnected. Absolutely. Yeah, with then without yeah. and the ultimate outcome yeah. is that if if we don't sleep as well <laughs> and then you don't sleep well so you wake up in the morning and then the first thing that you need is that cup of coffee to kickstart you and, and so the cycle goes on. Yeah, absolutely. So how often should we get up and move? I, I, my Apple Watch um, goes off every hour and says stand up and move and it's quite annoying when I'm in the movies, for example. I'm not exactly going to stand <laughs> up and touch my toes or whatever in the movies. But is there um, uh, an ideal amount of time where we need to stand up and, and stretch? Like, is it that 50-minute mark? Is it every hour and a half? What, what would be your recommendation? It's got to be practical as well because if it's impractical, mm-hmm. it's not a habit that you can sustain. So I think, mm. you know, if you're ideally aiming for something around standing up two or three times an hour, so that might even just be a quick stand-up Okay. Um, or, if, you know, yep. a five-minute sort of, you know, once an hour having a break, having a walk around. Maybe it's as simple as something of, you know, if you're in the workplace, it's when you go to the bathroom that you that you don't access the bathroom that's closest to you. You go to the one that's on the next floor and you walk quickly there. And then you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it, you don't use okay. the garbage bin that's under your desk, that you go to a different garbage bin or you go to a different printer or when you do go to get your morning cup of coffee, that you don't go to the coffee shop that's at the bottom of your building, you walk to the one that's, you know, one block away. Think just little, just little tweaks like that change the, then the mm. amount of movement that you have in your day. And I think it's one of those things that we actually need to try first, don't we, to really see the benefit because for me, again, I felt really guilty about taking a, a walk yes. around the block first. And I know some of my team did as well. They felt yes. guilty about doing that. And even when I talked to some of my friends about it and, you know, do you want to go catch up for lunch? No, I can't. I'm so busy. I'm too busy. I need to oh, sit yes. at my desk and eat my lunch here. Or, you know, we talk about this idea about getting moving. No, I can't. I've got to be productive. I've got to keep moving. And it can be really hard sometimes yes. to win over that that conversation or the idea that, no, hang on, yes. taking two minutes, it's counterintuitive and it seems like it won't be productive, but in fact, it really, yes. really, really will help yeah. you. Yeah. So I think the key is starting small, Dave, and, and it's 
podcast, just really yeah. starting with a very small change. So it could be as simple mm-hmm. as um, getting a smaller water bottle so that you've got to fill it up more frequently when you go to yes. the water container yep. or filling it up halfway. It could be as simple as, okay, I'm going to make a pack that when I'm, I actually think um, standing when you're talking on the phone is a really great one that's quite easy to do. It's a great one even for students or, or in the workplace. Yeah. So I actually can't sit down on the phone. Yeah, I have to right. get up and walk around. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do the same. You know, I spend a lot of time travelling around, but when I'm in my office, I when I'm on the phone, that's, mm. my, that's my standing, you know, that's my standing time. So it, it's about that regular changing of posture that's really important, that changing from sitting to standing and then trying to get a little bit of incidental exercise in, you know, in the day as well. Okay. So then would standing desks, for example, Look, would they be a recommendation? Standing desks are such an interesting um, thing and I'm so glad that you asked me about them because there's a lot of misinformation out around standing desks. Yeah. So the oh, first really? thing to say is that um, a lot of organisations spend enormous amounts of money <laughs> standing desks and then people don't like them because they're not they don't get taught how to use them properly so even though we know standing sorry even though we know sitting all day is not great standing all day is really hard on your body as well you've only got to talk to someone who works in hospitality or retail and standing on your feet all day is really hard work is that change from sitting to standing and where a lot of people go wrong with standing desks is that they put in a standing desk and then they expect to be able to stand up for two hours at a time and they can't their body's not used to it and their body gets sore maybe they're not wearing shoes like a lot of women don't love standing desks if they wear heels because it's uncomfortable so muscles our muscles adapt to whatever it is that we're doing so if if we if we don't if you don't have a lot of standing up in your day, it could be as simple as if you've got a standing desk, it's important that you alternate. So, for example, you could start off and when you first get to work, actually start in standing, but just just ten or fifteen minutes to start with, and then maybe you build on that, and then you sit down again. So it's important that we don't create this expectation mm. that we say standing's fantastic and we've got to be able to stand up for two hours at a time because we we can't we're not we're not used to that if we've come from a life a way of living that we're sitting all the time yeah that makes sense so don't go out and don't no, go don't go throwing out no. your normal desks and and replace yeah. it up just straight away yeah. maybe ease into it and i like what yeah. you're saying too about the small steps you know, you don't have to start with a 10-minute walk every single yes. hour. Just what are the small steps that make yeah. sense for so another, another to get way, into So another example could be um, maybe when you're at home, when you're doing, just say that you are desk-based in your job, when you come home and maybe you're doing your social media mm-hmm. or you're doing a little bit of work from home, maybe you put your iPad or your, or your laptop on your kitchen bench and you might stand for 20 minutes or 30 oh, yeah. minutes at night rather than doing that on the couch. And that might give you a little bit more standing time. Um, that's a great one to oh, do nice as well. Um, that, that's really easy. And Or, you know, you might start off just with 10 minutes or five minutes. Just It's really bring it down to very small steps so that your muscles actually adapt over time. And, they, it, and by time I mean mm-hmm. it might even take a month or two months to build up to having the standing tolerance of, you know, 
um, an hour or two. You know what it's like if you haven't done gardening for a while or you haven't played tennis for a while and then you go, oh, your muscles hurt, don't mm-hmm. they? <laughs> And that's what happens when we're not used to standing if we all of a sudden try and change too many things at once and then we go, oh, the standing desk didn't work (laughs) or the standing desk is not good for me, it's making my back sore. It's it's not actually causing, it's not doing anything damaging, it's just you've got to build up the tolerance and the muscles to be able to stand up for periods of time. Very cool, very cool. And again, I like your idea about being really smart about finding everyday things that you can use as a standing opportunity. Like, again, I'd normally go for a walk around the block every hour or so and it turned to the point where if I had to make a phone call, I'd do that as I'm walking around the block. Or if I had to talk with one or two of my team members, we go for a walking meeting. So I'm not stopping productivity. I'm still being productive. In fact, the conversations I think were better and and more productive and more effective because we were moving, because we're walking. So there is, as you're saying, a lot that we can do while we're still standing, while we're still moving. So it's not about stopping your work to stand. It's about even finding ways to continue. Not at all. And and it's so funny you say that because I've – I've had a, I've had some other um, feedback from some other organisations that I've worked with, and and um, that's exactly what happened to them. We we did um, some uh, some training and ran a session around you know walking in a meeting and standing up in a meeting, and and the general manager of this business rang me and she said, I can't believe it, Sharon. She said our meetings used to go for an hour and a half, and now they go for forty five <laughs> minutes, and we're getting through. Well, wow. <laughs> um, so you know. It, um, I think meetings is actually a really great way to introduce some standing up mm-hmm. in in the workplace. Um, it, it's a real shift in culture, and it feels it feels nearly gawky and daggy, you know, to start with. But there's some really simple things that you can do. Um, organize, you know, some organisations I've worked with, they might have an egg timer, a three minute oh, egg yeah. timer, and they alternate sitting and standing throughout the meeting. <laughs> they might stand up for the first five minutes and then they sit down. Um, in other organisations, um, do it via their agenda items. So they they allocate a sitting and a standing to each agenda item so they just keep alternating. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, you know, there's some really practical, easy to implement um, and someone really just needs to be brave enough to lead the change. Mm-hmm. It does feel weird to start with and it does feel a bit gawky. <laughs> people get into it and then they go, actually, I feel better. Yeah. And then if you get to the end of your day and you feel more energised mm. and people are, are generally then their mood is better, um, they sleep better and, and so then there becomes all of these, you know, more wider sort of flow-on effects from, from in you know, that extra movement in your day. Yeah, nice. And the, the idea about standing for different times in the meeting reminds me that in our days when we work in schools all around Australia doing leadership style days and so on, when we ask the students to turn and have a chat to yourselves about whatever the topic is, yes. we now ask them to stand and move about and we put mm. a bit of music on just to really break that. And we find that since we started doing that, when we when it's time to sit down and begin the conversation again, they're a lot more attentive, they're calmer, they're happy to mm. focus and sit just for that little bit longer. So mm. even I suppose in the classroom, um, you know, if there's group work or whatever, then every now and then just stand up and have a chat somewhere next to you, go to a different desk, go somewhere else. So I suppose yeah. whether it be the classroom or the workplace or even at home, there's so many different ways we can do this. Absolutely. And, you know, I've often um, done some work with teachers in helping them. You know that feeling when you're teaching in a classroom and you can just mm-hmm. – 
you feel the energy drop. <laughs> yep. It's like you just feel yep. like, are the students switching off? Are they? Mm-hmm. It may be not that what you're teaching them is, you know, um, it's not boring. It's just it becomes um, that they're just, you know, their their energy levels are dropping because they've been sitting so much. So mm. actually teachers say to them, look, just, just stand the students up, get them to push up on their toes t- 10 to 15 times really quickly, mm. arms up in the air, um, bounce up and down on their toes and then sit down again. And you'll, you'll see the energy in the room just lifts up because everyone wakes up again. Um, oh, absolutely. It's a really easy thing um, that, that teachers can do in their classroom. Again, it's different. Again, mm. it feel weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But you just make it light and make it fun, you know. It, oh, that's it's, right. It's just, it's just fun, yeah. And even throwing it, sometimes we even throw in a quick game. Yeah. And it only takes two minutes, but it, it completely changes the atmosphere. As you said, it goes from them being really tired needing to move to them being yes. really energised and focused and switched yes. on again. So yeah. very simple things yeah. make a big difference. That's very cool. Um, so, Sharon, thank you. Um, you've you've spoken about so uh, much about, you know, the importance of, of not sitting too long, of standing, of, you know, that, that critical limit of 11 hours, that, that really surprises me and how easy it is to get to that point. Um, before we move on to the last couple of questions, is there anything I haven't asked you yet um, that would be really helpful for our listeners? Um, no, I, I think it's just reinforcing that, um, you know, be kind to yourself and, and start small if you do want to make some changes like this. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when people sort of first maybe hear about this sort of information or they, um, you know, they think, oh, okay, this is something I want to change, that, that people often try and change too many habits too quickly. Yes, yes. <laughs> where they fall down. So it's really important to just be very kind to yourself and keep it simple and just work on one habit at a time. And, mm. um, and and then that one habit change will then lead, you know, t- to something else. I think that's a really important one, yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. So for our final two questions, now, I don't think I gave you the heads up for this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so see how you go. Um, being the Do Life Better podcast, we, um, and as I've heard from you too, believe in the idea that you get to create what comes next for you. You're not a victim of the world around you. You get to create what comes next. And and I suppose in order to do life better, there's so many different things that we can do to do life even better for ourselves and for those around us. So the idea of do life better, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Look, I think for me, Dave, it's about being the best version of yourself by understanding that connection between your own mental well-being and and physical well-being. Nice one. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's I I guess it's about just connecting those two and and knowing what works. You know, what works for me is going to be different to you, and is going to be different to the next person. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's about yeah, being kind to yourself around those little things that you need to have in your everyday. Like me personally. I know to get the best out of myself that I exercise in the mornings. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm yep. grateful at exercising in the afternoons. It, mm-hmm. it does not happen. I never feel like it. I don't. I, it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. Whereas other people hate exercising first thing in the morning, and and none yeah. of them are right or wrong. 
for me, it's really important that that routine of getting up and even if I'm really tired, it's, you know, going for, it might even be a brisk walk or it might be a swim or it might be a bike ride or whatever it is that I choose to do. But some sort of movement in my day, mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, lets me be the best version of myself for the rest of the day. But for other people, maybe it is that you do that at the end of the day because that's what works for you and that that's okay as well. So it's about really listening to your own body rather than, I think, forcing yourself to be something that doesn't work for you. Thank you. And so for the last question, uh, as you know, we, uh, at the end of our episodes here, we do like to give our listeners a challenge for the week, something that they can put into their phone that goes off every morning as a reminder for one thing to focus on Mm -hmm. each day for the week. So given our chat today, what challenge would you like to give our listeners? Okay. So for those that work inside, so, and that's, you know, if you are a student as well or a, a working in in um, an inside type occupation, my challenge to you would be that you put a reminder in your phone, lunch, light and air. That means at lunchtime nice that you try for a week <laughs> being outside mm-hmm. no matter how busy you are <laughs> and even if it's just a three-minute yep. or a four-minute brisk walk, but getting outside in the sunshine, um, it doesn't mean that you have to take your lunch outside. It's just you might still want to have lunch at your desk, check your emails, that's fine, mm-hmm. but you go for a brisk walk just for five, you know, three to five minutes at lunchtime and see how then that mm-hmm. has a flow-on effect for your afternoon. Very cool. So lun- lunch, light and air. Lunch, yeah. light and air. I like it. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, Sharon, where could our listeners get in touch with you if, if they'd uh, yes, like to? So, um, through, so happybodyatwork.com.au is the um, website that you can contact me through. Um, alternatively, it's Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, at myspringday.com.au. Very cool. And we'll have all that in the show notes as well. Okay, fantastic. Sharon, thank you very much for joining us today on this episode. And I know that I'm going to be a lot more conscious myself of my sitting time and and I'm um, trying to get up and move a lot more too. And I know that, again, this is great timing because a lot of people are getting back in the habit of going to work every day again and because it's the start of the year and school's starting up again um, very shortly too. So I know this is really well timed for our listeners. So Sharon, thank you very much. Thank you for the work that you do. And again, you can definitely hear the passion that you have for helping people with their mental and physical well-being and and allowing people to see the the strong connection there so again thank you very much for your time today pleasure thank you and um, yeah have a great rest of the day so there you have it everybody sharon's challenge for you for this week is lunch light and air remember to put that in your phone to go off as a reminder every morning lunch light and air so again, thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Do Life Better podcast. Please remember to subscribe, share it out with a whole bunch of friends, people you know that will benefit from these messages as well. And of course, I look forward to having you join us again next time. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. You can find all our show notes at www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better. That's www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better. If you'd like to book me or the team to come and speak at your event, company or school, you can contact me at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at 
projecthatch.com.au. You can connect with us on facebook.com forward slash projecthatch and on Instagram at project underscore hatch. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think will benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life even better. If you can make that last bit sound better than me uh, and you want to be a guest voiceover person, please do contact us again at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. We would love to have you on here as a guest voiceover person. Do the intro and the outro even better than I did just then. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Drop us a line. Thank you very much.